And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindegaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to a very special Glover's Past from the Glover's Cast. I'm Ben and this episode I think might be a special one. We have got ourselves a bona fide YTFC Hall of Fame candidate on the podcast today. Our guest tonight played over well over 150 games for the Glovers across three different divisions starting at least one game we think in all 10 outfield positions. He is very much one of our own. I am delighted to welcome Andy Lindegaard to the podcast. Andy, thank you for coming on the Glover's Cast. Good evening. It's my pleasure to be here. Um, I, I don't really know where to start. I was doing some sort of research and putting some questions together to chat to you. And I, I, I'm very aware that we've got quite a lot to talk about because you were associated with Yeovil Town in one way, shape or form for a very long time, weren't you? Yeah, quite a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I was yeah, I was there from actually my first association with the football club was in the centre of excellence when I was probably 12 years old. 12 so what years old? year are we talking there? We're talking 90... Uh, 92. Jeez, 92. that is so young. So what was that set up like then? Was Were you kind of already within sort of um, the processes with Stu Halsey? I know he had a lot to do with the youth uh, at that stage, or was that a couple of years further on? So that was a little bit further on. That was when, um, that was actually when I was at college, probably 96, 97. Um, but Chris Wally and Steve Rutter and John Flatters were running the uh, Centre of Excellence then, um, which unfortunately, because we got relegated, all we over got relegated out of the conference, they lost the funding for it. So it, it disbanded probably at pr- prime time that I needed for our co- for my coaching. So um, yeah, uh, that was probably my, that was my first you know introduction to Oval Town, and I'm sure we'll talk about things like the FA Cup. Um, ties that um, you were talking about 2002 or something about 2003 but I was a ball boy at the Arsenal FA Cup game um, back in the day as well so yeah there you go what a start we've already had a, a, a little scoop of a story there I absolutely love that um, <laughs> so that was so that takes you that takes you back for what are we 2023 now that takes you back yeah. 30 years give or far take far too long far too long makes <laughs> me feel even older I'll, I'll say this. I'll start with a compliment, Andy. We were at the Legends game last year and you and Chris Will haven't aged a day. It was infuriating. Yeah, to be fair, I was quite chuffed, actually, with how I was looking compared to some of the lads I saw. <laughs> some, of them have, some of them have had a tough paper round or two, haven't they? That's true. Yeah. Um, let's, let's move things on a little bit then because um, 1999, I wanted to ask about your your debut because I've been doing a bit of research and... It all appears to be a bit of a, a whirlwind. There's a lot of change. Dave Webb comes in, I believe, and six days later, seven days later, maybe, mm-hmm. he's cleared the decks and he's chucked a bunch of kids in and, and you were there away at Doncaster making your debut. Was it all a bit of a whirlwind? Yeah, it was actually. Some, yeah, well, thinking back at it, wow, I didn't realise it was six days after he'd taken over. Um, yeah, it was a whirlwind. Um, he, he brought in half the reserve team, um, which was... Well, some of, it was some of the youth team as well, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of youngsters. 
Um, just, I think he just wanted a bit of energy in the team. Um, and I was training with the first team at the time, anyway. Um, and hearing amongst the lads that um, new manager was coming in, clearing things out, was weird to me because it was just, you know, I'd never experienced anything like that. Um, and, yeah, when, one day I'm training. Um, and the next thing, we know we'll, we'll be told we're going to play for the first team on Saturday up at Doncaster. So I had to try and get out of work because I was working at Marks and Spencer's that Saturday. I had a shift. <laughs> so someone had to give him a ring. How exactly do you tell the boss, I'm really sorry, I can't come in on Saturday. I've got a first team fixture in the conference. Yeah. Um, well, I was quite fortunate because I think my boss was one of my mate's mums. So um, I was all right to sort it out. But I know the football club or someone contacted them just to say this is what's happening. So, yeah, it was surreal. Um, and it all happened really quickly. But, you know, I suppose the rest, they say, is history. I, uh, yeah, quite. I was uh, The team on those sort of debut few games, it was a real mishmash. It was a very young Terry Skivent involved. But also there was there was Warren Patmore. There was Tony Pennock, Adrian Foster, who at the time were at the, at the end of their Yeovil Town careers without necessarily being towards the end of their actual careers. Mm-hmm. Um, changes were being made quite frequently. Did it feel like there was just a lot going on at the back end of that very first season? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, we had a good season, by the way. We were top mm. of the league um, yep. most of the way through. Um, flying high for the majority of the season. Um, and then Dave Webb left, actually. He left to go to South End, didn't he? Um, yep. And Colin Addison took over. Um, but we had a... It was actually a disappointing finish because we were top of the league most of the season. Um, up there, it was us, us um, Rushton and Diamonds, if I remember correctly. Um, and we missed out last game or two games to go. And that was only when one team went up from the conference. Um, so um, obviously it's a little bit different nowadays. Um, so yeah, um, it was a mismatch, but it was it was good, all good fun and a, a great grounding actually. Um, probably <laughs> the hardest preseason I've ever had in my career was that first one under Dave Webb, definitely. Just running you into the ground like nothing there was. Yeah, it was, nothing it was else pure, mattered. The only, well, I had no other experience of it, um, but now when I look back, it's just pure old school. Um, and yeah, it was, I know we didn't, we weren't allowed to kick a ball for the first two or three weeks. Um, so it was all running, but that was just the way it was. And it was a great introduction to, um, to professional football. I mean, I remember this is, this is when we first went full time. Um, we didn't really have any training kit and it was just a basket. I remember Stu Owsley coming down with a big wicker basket and we trained at Yeovilton and they stick the wicker basket in the middle of the change room. And it was first come first serve, whatever, you, you know, whatever was left. You had, I remember some of the, one of the lads having to train in a goalkeeper's kit one day because that was all that was left. Um, so, um, yeah, it's a bit different to what it, what it was five, six, seven years down the line. But um, great memories, mind you. Great memories. I imagine the youngsters were, were back end of the queue for that uh, training gear. The more experienced <laughs> lads had their pick first. Was that right? Yeah, something like that. Although we got, you know, we were quite a competitive bunch. So we'd give a, <laughs> we'd give a go. <laughs> You you mentioned how Dave Webb left and Colin Addison came in. How was how was he to work under? Obviously, this is all pre Gary Johnson. How was he to work under? Because he brought in a number of the players alongside Tomo, of course, that would end up being part of that successful unit. How was how was that little period? Um, good. I mean, we he, he came in and took over a team at the top of the league, um, and we were flying. And um, what we did have with Colin Addison was a good FA Cup run that year. Um, and I, I remember it quite distinctly because it, um, he took us away before every round. So we'd go away for a couple of days. Um, we went down to Plymouth, I think, one time. Um, had a night out, which was uh, you know, new to me. But that, we'd have a night out on the Tuesday. 
Um, and then we, I think it was Colchester we beat. We, we, I remember being yep. in Plymouth. We had a big night out with the boys. Then we had to do, we had to go for a run on the beach the next morning. Some of the lads were a little bit worse for wear. Um, and I'm th- on there thinking, how are we going to manage, how are we going to turn this around for Saturday? Because some of the boys were proper hanging. Um, and we went and stuffed Colchester, I think 5-2, if I remember rightly, or 4-2, something like that. 5-1. Um, yeah, 5-1, was it? Um, yep. So, yeah, and I just remember that with Colin Anderson having a, um, a nice little run. He liked a round of golf as well. I remember I played a round of golf with him. Um, we played in Plymouth. Um, so he was old school, but he was, he, he, was a little, he was totally different to Dave Webb. Dave Webb had this aura about him that um, I'll, I'll say that everyone was probably scared of, of Dave Webb, but quite rightly so, because he was, um, he, you know, he had a big personality, had done a lot in the game and came in and just cleared the whole lot out. And he'd, give a, he'd given all of us our opportunity. So we had massive respect, but at the same time, <laughs> a little bit scared of him as well. Whereas Colin Addison came in and wanted just to keep things going because we've been doing so well in the season and it was just disappointing at the end that we, we missed out. And um, he ended up resigning, I think. Sure. I think so. I, w- I was going to ask about that FA Cup run, though, uh, before we get to that point where, obviously, Gary comes in, because it ended at Bolton, and and we took the lead. Pat Moore scores. And what's the feel? Because that, that probably, looking at some of the fixtures, probably the first properly massive fixture that you would have yeah. taken part in. What, what did that feel like to go away to, to Bolton and, and take the lead? Um, it was quite surreal. Um, it was the it was the first time I'd ever I'd ever really been to a big, proper football ground, and it was the Reebok Stadium. It was quite modern at, at, at the time. Um, so yeah, that was that was my first experience and half the team's first experience of a bid of a big atmosphere. Um, yeah, it was surreal, um, and I remember it because do you ever remember that Reebok advert, which was Belly's going to get you? I think it was a yes. Reebok advert. Yeah, and. We'd, we'd all said, because we didn't think we were going to score a goal, the celebration was if we scored a goal, Warren Patmore was going to get his belly out and chase us to the halfway line. Of course, he scored, so he had to chase us with his belly out to the halfway line. Belly's going to get you. That was just one thing, because we were at the Reebok Stadium. I don't know, what, I don't know who thought it up, but... Um, yeah, it was, a big, it was a big day, good day, first taste of it. I remember seeing Dean Holdsworth, who, you know, they were a Premier League side at the time, and that was the yeah. first time you're thinking... Hang on a sec. This is a this is a this is proper football now. So um, we were unlucky that day. Actually, I thought we could have we could have got a result, um, but they just brought the big boys on in the end and overpowered us in the last fifteen minutes of the game. But yeah, great. Sam, big Sam Aldice was a manager at Bolton. Yeah, him. Yeah, he was. You're absolutely right. Um, so Gary comes in then in in that summer, 2001, 2002. Little did we know what lies ahead of us. What did you make of, of Gary Johnson, someone who very few people had basically ever heard of coming in? Had you ever been managed by an international Latvia coach before? No, I hadn't. And I didn't know anything. <laughs> I didn't know anything at all. And I'd been, I was out of contract um, the, in the summer before yeah. Gary took over. Um, and I was trying to figure out, well, I didn't have anyone to to talk to in terms of sorting out a contract. I was dealing directly with um, John Fry, John Fry himself. So um, it was all a little bit up in the air. And then when eventually, when Gary was announced, obviously no one knew who he was, but came with good pedigree. Um, Yeah, it was quite surreal. Um, I didn't expect him to be shorter than me, which was, you know, about the same height anyway, that's a bit unfair. Um, But yeah, as soon as he came in, it was obvious he knew what he was doing and he knew what he wanted. Um, and um, yeah, it was the start of some great things for Yeovil Town. 
you you mentioned that we'd we'd fallen just just short just and just short of promotion on a couple of occasions in those in those previous couple of years um yeah. obviously promotion wouldn't come that year but uh, the fa trophy run would was it obvious that success would always kind of fall that side as the players started to come in and the squad would kind of started to get put together yeah i, I think the fa trophy was the catalyst for a lot of the success actually yeah um for the, for the next 10 years, I think. Um, and it just gave us, well, it gave the players that, that extra belief. It gave the fans that belief that actually we, we can do this. Because I, I remember watching the Oval growing up um, and we were, you know, we were in the doldrums. We were non-league football. We'd gone down from the conference into, I can't remember what the name of the, the league was now. Um, and it was, you know, we, we were, we should have been in a better position than we were. All of a sudden, we're in the FA Trophy final. Half of the town, in fact, most of the town, mm. is, at, is at Villa Park um, for that game. Um, it was electric and it just gave us, it just gave us that belief, I think, that um, you know, we, we, could, we could do something, well, we could achieve what we were setting out to achieve here. Let's 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 talk about that final day then, because I was I was there. I was lucky enough to be front row. Adam Stansfield runs pretty much into me, or the or the guys next to us when he scores, and it was, if I remember correctly, about four hundred degrees. It was absolutely roasting hot, and it was just an almost perfect performance. A great start. Chrissy Wheel makes that brilliant save early doors, but yeah. we just take apart what is a good Stevenage side. We look back on it now, and it was it was a pretty good side. You you were on the bench. You did get yep. on. What was that yep. feeling like with 10 or so minutes to go? You were being brought on to try and shore things up or were you trying to go out and get a third? I was just buzzing to get the appearance money, to be honest. Um, no, um, it, it was just, obviously, I knew a lot of people in the crowd. I could see, you know, there's a lot yeah. of people who were at the game that would never or haven't watched many of the games recently. So it was just nice to see um, so many friendly faces there. But soon, you know, going on, it was just going on and get the, let's get this job done. Let's get across the line um, and then celebrate like crazy afterwards. Um, I remember that game because I, I remember warming up as a, as a sub and, the, and the, the linesman ran into me. Would you believe it? It's just one, one random thing. I remember um, I'm there warming up and the linesman ran into me. So luckily I didn't catch that on camera because VAR would have probably booked me, I expect. Well, lucky. <laughs> I, I guess it's lucky he didn't turn your ankle over. Sorry, Gaffer yeah. can't come on. Lino's yeah. injured me. Yeah, no, don't worry. I was ready to go. I was, you know, I was nothing would stop me going on that day. Um, I, think I, I, I think I did the best celebration afterward. I'd only played three or four minutes and I'm still <laughs> running around with this great big flag. But, you know, it was just, it was the, you know, euphoria of winning. Brilliant. Did you, did you feel at the time, because one thing, I mean, I'm very much of the generation of people who were hooked by that, that trophy run. Did you feel that actually what you'd achieved was greater than just lifting a trophy? You'd inspired a generation as much of a cheesy cliche as that is. You inspired an entire generation of Yeovil Town fans, people about my age. Yeah, we did. But at the time, I didn't realise that there was going to be the next bit, then the next bit, then the next bit. So... Um, for me, it was just the start of the journey um, and just starting to r- ride that wave um, yeah. because I've sat back and looked at it, uh, looked back on it um, and talked to a lot of people about it. There was times because I wasn't always a regular in the side. Mm. Um, I wasn't. And, you know, should I have moved? Why didn't I move to a club so I could have got um, regular first team football? But I was on the crest of that wave with a team that was going, um, that was winning and was winning championships. Um you're never going to move to a different team from a winning successful team. Um, so it was just that environment was so good and 
everyone together, um, even though I want a regular starter, even in, in training, we were all all in one. Um, so um, it was an environment that was created. And that was that's down to Gary, that is, and the players that got in um, and the types of characters he got in that just made us all, um, I think it was a good four or five years worth of success um, on the bounce. Um, so, yeah, crazy times, crazy times. You, you, you talk about that consistent... Uh, success and the fact that Gary always seemed to be able to evolve the squad. And that's not necessarily wholesale changes, but just add a little quality. Kev Gore comes in to add a little quality in that first year, or whether it's uh, Phil Jevons for the League Two year, whatever it is. That Kevin Gore, actually, sorry, I'm putting in there. Kevin Gore actually took my place because I was playing up front. <laughs> well, I was. I, just, I, was, I was, scored six in six. <laughs> I was flying, and then Gawley came in and didn't stop scoring. So I had to go and find another position to play in. <laughs> I was going to ask. I had to ask about the hat trick against Gravesend and Northfleet. Now, as they are Ebbsfleet, um, where's yeah. the match ball? Where's the match ball these days? Uh, it, well, it is at home somewhere. Um, I think it's up in the loft. It might actually be in the garage. Um, but um, I didn't frame it or anything. To me, it was just you know, it was just I scored hat trick, which was which is great. Um, no one ever believes me now when I tell them. Um, but um, I remember it. Uh, I did score another hat trick, but it wasn't actually. It was in the pre-season friendly against Gloucester City. Um, Left foot volley outside the box, right foot volley outside the box, and an overhead kick. But the problem was, it was a pre-season friendly in Gloucester, and none of our fans were there to see it. So, and I imagine no one filmed it either. No, no, exactly. I'm just going to take your word for it, Andy. I, I, I trust you. I completely trust you. But I'm gonna ask Skivo. Skivo, remember it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> if, if if you're listening, Skivo, you can come on and talk to us about it. Um, that that 2003 side, we we look back on it now. Firstly, can you believe it's been 20 years? No, and I'll be honest, I had to Google to see who was in that team because obviously I was, I was involved in quite a few different teams throughout the years. So it's just <laughs> yeah. remembering which players. No, 20 years ago, it's frightening. Um, where's all that time gone? Where's yeah. that time gone? But it was a great squad. Great squad. Uh, that, that squad, we look back on it now, and one of the things I've, I've often said is I don't think I appreciated at the time just how good it was. It was a ready-made League One outfit in so much as we had the goals, we had the goalkeeper, we had the defence yeah. that could do everything. It felt like a really fun group to watch. Was it fun to be in? Yes, it was. It was competitive to be in. Um, it was, um, in, yeah, it was enjoyable to be in. We had a great time together. Um, and it just, yeah, it, something just worked. We just gelled together. We had the characters in the team, like we had Gavin Williams, who was, well, I think, well, we moved to West Ham. We were in the Premier League, I think, when he got his move. But he was just, you could just tell in training, that boy's got it and he's going to go places. Um, the leadership we had within, well, within the team. Skibo was captain for the whole time that I was there, but the leadership within the group came from within, came yeah. from everyone. Um, and the camaraderie was great. We'd go, you know, we'd go out for meals every Friday night before a home game. We'd be going, I remember going for a fireworks display around Jono's house one time. We'd, you know, we'd all be knocking around together, which um, I don't think you get that all the time, especially not nowadays. No, you're right. I, I was looking through some stats. And one of the things that stood out for me was as, as a team, we scored three or more goals over a dozen times in all competitions. Yeah. It was such yeah. a free scoring side that just never conceded either. It was, that's a good combo. Yeah, it was attacking football um, and it was attack with pace. Um, and anyone that came to watch over at, at that time or the time when Gary was there knew that they were going to be in um, for a good game and get that entertainment. In fact, it, it, it frustrates me now when I go and watch teams in League One, League Two, because I live up in Gloucester, near Forest Green and Cheltenham. 
and they all want to play this possession football and it just frustrates me because I just want I want them to get forward and get some chances um, but that's the DNA I've got now from that time at the Oval When you look back on it now then uh, there are so many games I, I, I wanted to ask you about the massive win away at Doncaster at the end of the season, thrashing Burton 6-1. There was a game against Telford at home where we could have won it, but not quite won it. And then getting the trophy against Chester on the final day. How, how do you go about picking a highlight from all of that? There was just so many moments in such a short space of time. Um, yeah. <laughs> don't know. I really don't know. It was like, I was, it was, we're just riding that crest of a wave. Mm. Um, we, we were confident. Um, we were a confident group. Um, and trust me, you should have seen the five sides in training against each other. Um, <laughs> I'd have paid good money to watch that, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, with you. yeah. Well, we'd always have a we'd always have a Friday five side, and we'd always have a West Country team against a well against a foreign team, and then against the rest. And can you think? Darren Way was on our team, so he didn't like to lose. No, me Wheelie. I'm trying to think who else from West Country. Um, but it was Tom White. I, this might have been before. Um, before that time, but I remember that being a five-a-side team was a proper competitive five-a-side team. And we, we very rarely lost, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. I like to yeah. hear. What was, that, what was that final day like against Chester? Absolutely hot. packed out crowd. It's yeah. scorching hot again. You're getting the trophy. You're live on telly. That final day just felt, just felt really special, didn't it? Yeah, that one was great because it was, a, you know, we were at home, we were with the fans um, and it just... Um, finish things off perfectly. We had a great win as well, I think. Um, so, um, yeah, um, a little bit of a blur, to be honest, because, you know, when the, when the celebration started, um, I tend to judge it on open top bus tours around Yeovil. Um, and we'd had one after the trophy final. Um, and then I think the next one was, it rained the next one, actually. So it's been sunny for the game, but then it rained for our open top bus tour around, around the town. So, um, yeah. It was a great day. Great day. There was there was never any doubt that that side was was more than capable in League Two. The following season was was just as entertaining. Did you start to feel like the buzz had sort of widened? It wasn't just a club that was excited. It was an entire community, a town, a, a county that was excited about having its football club be so successful. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it, with that, brought expectation. Yeah. Expectation from the fans, quite rightly so, because they'd been. You, well, I say use. They've been spoiled over the last two or three years with um, success. Um, a lot of them had forgotten where we'd come from, but that was our making because we'd been so successful. Um, in actual fact, that next season, um, when we're in League One, um, was a little bit of a disappointment because we missed out on the playoffs on the last game of the season up at Lincoln yep. to Lincoln. Um, I remember that. That's the only time in, that I, in my career that I, we're, we're looking for fans in the crowd to find out what the score, the results are for other games. Yeah, and it was a really, it was a really um, bizarre situation because you didn't know what was going on. One person telling you one thing, one person just telling you another. Um, final whistle goes, pitch invasion. Lincoln fans knowing that they've just won, so they're giving us a bit of stick as well. And you didn't know what's going on. Um, so it was a little bit. Remember sitting in the change rooms after that game, um, and we, we like said to each other, we didn't want to feel like this ever again. Um, so what do we do? The next season went out and. Won the, I think won the lit got promotion, was it? I think got yeah, promotion well, by... won it comfortably. Um, yeah. I, I do want to ask you about 2005, but I've also got to ask you about the Liverpool game, of course, a huge FA Cup highlight in January of 2004. I was having a little look actually, and something that I completely missed in mm -hmm. all of the actions that you were subbed on and then subbed off again. What was that all about? 
Yeah, I was uh, light bulb, as it's called in the profession. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a um, it's a bit of a weird one for me, the Liverpool game, um, because it was probably one of the lowest points of my career that day because I'd come oh, on a gosh. sub and got subbed um, live on match of the day, uh, which was weird. But at the same time, we just played against Liverpool, um, who'd won the you know European Cup how many times, and so it was mm-hmm. it was a bit of a surreal one. Um, in all fairness. I should never have. I should never have been available for that game because I'd rolled my ankle the weekend before, um, and my I'd done my ankle bad. It was it was proper black, swollen on the Monday, Tuesday leading up to the game. But I wanted, you know, I was so desperate to be involved and so desperate um, to get um, to get my appearance money. Um, but no, too, so desperate to be involved. I I stayed all week, and I, you had you had to be be fit for selection on the Friday. Um, if you trained on the Friday, you're fit for selection. So I made sure I was there. Got in the squad. Of course, I think Paul Terry had to come off after yep. 10 minutes. So there I was, straight on. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a big, it was a massive game, massive game. And the only, the only um, thing I had to experience, I had to draw on was from when I was 12 years old as a ball boy against Arsenal. Um, because it was a, it was a very similar, um, the, the weather was similar that day. It was a similar um, it was a similar, uh, what I'd say, um, environment. Yeah. That was the only thing I had to. That was the only thing I had to um, draw upon. Um, but yeah, I remember the gaffer saying to me, "I looked a little bit like a rabbit in headlights." I think that was a little bit unfair. I was playing against. I was coming up against. <laughs> did he? Ha- did he? Haman will do that to you. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, there's a there is a photo. Um, on the internet somewhere where Diddy Haman has just stuck his left long left boot out and caught me right on my bad ankle. Um, but um, I thought we were unlucky that day. I thought we could have got a result out of it. We were we were playing really well. Gav, I think Gav scored a goal. Gav, and then they brought on Heskey and Kewell, I think, who um, just made a little bit of difference. Yeah, uh, and he <laughs> dived. We've 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 asked Hugo Rodriguez. Confirmed, he dived. It's fine. Um, did you get to swap a shirt or anything like that? Are you a, are you a shirt swapper for those big events? I did get a shirt, but I think we put them all in a hat in the change room on the Monday morning and then um, wow. drew out because, um, yeah, I got, who did I get? Igor Biscan, I got. Nice. Um, and um, give it to my brother because he's a Liverpool fan. Um, wow. So, yeah, he's got that, I think, signed signed at home. Yeah. That's fascinating that you all just took a bit of a, a jumble in. Yeah. If you had kept um, Emil Heskey quiet and El Hadji Juice quiet all game, I'd, I'd want his shirt for doing it. Yeah, I know. I, th- I think, well, yeah, I don't know. I just, it was something we, we decided to do, put them all in a hat and uh, pick out. So everyone got a shirt, basically. Fair enough. Well, let's fast, let's fast forward to that 2005 season because it really, it really cranks up again. Phil Jevons comes in. There's a couple of other little additions that just add that tiny little bit of quality that see us over the line. But it was a proper title race, wasn't it? Scunthorpe, Swansea, Southend all yeah. pushed. Yeovil close did it feel like there was more pressure because it was a closer title run the conference hadn't really been that closer run thing um I just think we were in that competitive league you know we were a competitive bunch anyway and but we knew we had quality Jevo, Jevo coming in made a massive difference yeah um I mean I didn't really know much about him before he before he joined um but when you saw as soon as he was in training you just knew hang on this lad knows where the goal is so um we were an attacking side. 
with with speed and pace, we just needed that finishing touch, and that's what Jero brought to it. And what was he leading goal scorer that year? I think in the league. Yeah, top, comfortably top as well, scorer. 27, 28, something like that. I'm, I'm pretty sure three or four of the of the squad or of our team got into the PFA team of the year as well that year. Um, so, um, yeah, we just kicked on. Um, we kicked on and, yeah, smashed it. No, absolutely <laughs> sure. smashed it. Yeah, there's no, there's no other way of putting it. There were, much like 2003, there were big end of season matches there was a 3-0 win away at south end that nearly wrapped everything up towards the back end of that season were there any games that really stood out for you any moments lifting the trophy towards the end um the south end one does um yeah i remember that it was absolutely roasting hot that day <laughs> yeah. um it's always they're always roasting aren't they i know I remember the, our first league game in the league was away at um rochdale rochdale that was roasting hot yep um, that game at that game at South End was yeah that was um, that was a really good game that was that day I think Sodji scored didn't he I think Sodji scored a goal some and Jevo Jevo definitely got one as well um, but yeah that was that was good because that was an old I don't know if you you ever been to South End yes Pro- yes proper old school ground that is um, so great little bit of atmosphere down there as well um, that's the one that sticks in my mind because that was when we thought we'd pretty much done it but we still had to get a result I think last game of the season to, I um, want. Ironically, sure. against Lincoln again after their yeah. sort of uh, crossing pass with them at the back end of that previous season. For it yeah, to be Lincoln so again, you are right. Effie Sodji got two on that final day, and yeah. and and Jevo scored uh, plenty of goals. I mean, that was just incredible. Did you? The the, the team was ready for t- for League One as well, wasn't it? It, it was it was yeah, ready definitely. to take on that higher division. Yeah, definitely. Um, we I, we were pretty much we were a League One side. Um, yeah. I think playing at that time. Um, I mean, we had Sodji, we had Jevo, we had, I'm trying to think, did uh, Jonesy join by then? I'm not sure if Jonesy had joined by then. I think he joined when we were in League One. Yeah. Um, so it's just bringing that little bit of experience, um, football league experience. Because before that, we'd had, you know, we were a young squad. Gary had got players who'd had a little bit of a taste mm. um, of league football, but were probably had either been released or um, hadn't quite made that step. Um, and then he brought them all together, a young group of lads. Um, and was able to influence um, influence us to to push on and you know get get the best out of us. So to bring that little bit of experience in um, helped the team massively. Um, and you know, so I think it's Sodji coming in solidified things. Yeah. And then Jevo just was the finishing the finishing touch. Yeah, so I'm just looking through some of those names now. Kevin Amanko came in. I guess he would have been in part a bit of a direct sort of. Um challenge to you on that right hand side but he had an experience Andreas Stolches at the time as well yeah. Tara Chulski came in you could see sort of a few more um been there done that characters yeah and um Stolch came in and he was class um yeah. he'd come from an international I think international background he'd come from Southampton I think he played um so he played in the Premier League pretty sure that was where he'd come or Fulham someone like that Fulham I think it was um, Fulham, Fulham yeah. I think it was um and he I remember playing the way at Swansea um, and he just, I think he scored a goal, set up a goal, and that, you know, things like that. The little bit of class that came into it. Um, I'll t- tell you what, Bartosz Tarachowski um, went under the radar. Um, that season, he got beaten up left, right and centre every week by centre-halves. But he was so vital to our, you know, to, to, to the way we played because we wanted to get it into the front man. He'd lay it off, we'd get it forward, and then we'd get our crosses in. It was just, he was so important. You'd see him coming off with bruises, you know, cuts on his face, bruises everywhere, could hardly speak any English. 
um, but was so valuable and so vital to to that team's. And, and in fact, he probably played a, a massive part in a lot of the goals that Jevo scored. Yeah, yeah, you probably couldn't have one without the other. In the same no. way, it was it was Gaul and Jackson in 03 yeah. that evolved yeah. with Gaul going a little bit wider and being more of a provider in that yeah. division. It was it was Jevo and, and Tarachowski, a perfect yeah, little definitely. partnership. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, in fact, Bartos reminded me quite, <laughs> I say reminded me, this is a bit of an unfair comparison, but he was very similar to the way that Warren Patmore used to play in terms of holding the ball up and linking play up. He was a little bit more mobile than was um, but <laughs> not that Warren wasn't, but it was very similar in his style. We needed that target man to aim for, yeah. Um, and yeah, he did a he did a great job that season. Great I'll job. Tell you, that that that's not a bad compliment. You tell anybody you got a bit of Warren Patmore about you. That's <laughs> that's a pretty good compliment to pay a Yovertown striker. You can keep that. Yeah. Um, things things would change again though that summer. Did it feel like a natural time for that team to to start changing? Was it a bit of a surprise that Gary? departed for Bristol City over time of course a number of players went uh, not just with him Chrissy Will went up to Bristol City Jevo went up to Bristol City and a number of players kind of went their own way how did you feel as that era was coming to an end in theory it could have just carried on carrying on yeah it was it came out of the blue um in actual fact I think I was out on loan when Gary um Gary left to go to Bristol City he'd loaned me out to Weymouth I think I was at um yeah, I think it was Weymouth. Um, and it, 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 yeah, out of the blue, no one was expecting it. Mm. But I suppose now looking back on it, it was probably always going to happen. Yeah. Um, I think it was just a natural progression um, to go. He, he, Gary would have had ambitions. Um, and I know some of the other players, we all have big ambitions. Um, so yeah, it did hit us. It was strange. It took a little bit of time to get, you know, to, to come round again. I know Tomo took over yeah. um, for the rest of the season. Um, and it was it was a transition period um, because we lost quite a few of our players um, or main that have been mainstay in that team um, throughout the season. But then you know you've got to give Tomo credit. He brought in Chrissy yeah. Cohen. Yeah. You know, and I think he brought in Aaron. I think he brought in Davo as well. So Chrissy Cohen and Aaron Davis came in. Um, obviously, we had the next season when Russell Slade came and took over in the summer, um, but. Was it expected? No, it was out of the blue. Um, but, in, you know, I was out on loan at Weymouth um, for whatever reason, came back and got back in, straight back in the team. Um, opportunities like this, you know, it's strange how things, are, things happen in football sometimes because one week I was out on loan at Weymouth, next I was coming back and I was scoring against Scunthorpe, I think it was. So, um, yeah. So even though Gary had left, I, quite, I took advantage of it when I came back. Well, I was going. To, I was going to ask um, because I've, I've got here about your your loan spells, Weymouth, and at Crawley as well uh, yeah. in late two thousand and five. Were you of the opinion that you might have been looking at your Yeovil Town career coming to an end with those loan spells, or was it more a case of just waiting, biding your time for something to happen, and, and for you to get the call from Tomo to come back? Yeah, actually, I think it was Crawley I was on loan at when yeah. Gary left, not Weymouth. Um, yeah, it was one of those. It was just one of those things. I was always in and out of the team. I was never a, a regular starter. Um, and as we were going up the up the leagues, it was just one of those. I needed. I wanted to get some game time, so I was obviously thinking um, I need to be playing. Um, I don't think I was ever thinking I'm going to be moving from Yeovil. I was just of the opinion I was going out to get some games because um, I'm going to go back and fight for my place type of thing. Um, so it was more. 
no, I'm jumping ahead of myself. It was more that season, the season, the final season I was there when we got to the playoff final. Yeah. Um, I knew the writing was on the wall then, more so than when I was on loan at Crawley. Um, a couple of loan spells, more of that was because I'd had a couple of injuries and wanted to get out and get some games, really, more than anything. Let's let's move forward then, because 2006 was um, a fairly reasonable season, finished sort of uh, bottom of mid-table and, and didn't really pull up any trees, but didn't do anything wrong. A club of our size fighting at that level in the middle of a transition. But Russell then comes in at the start of that season, 2006, 2007. Is anybody, is anybody saying playoff final? Is anybody saying promotion? Is anybody thinking that that's where this football club is heading? Um, be honest, no. Don't think so. Um, we had a good group of players and yeah. we had some good senior players. Um, we had um, Jonesy was in there, who was yeah. always vocal um, and a good senior pro. Um, Marcus Stewart joined us, um, which was a great signing. Um, yeah. But he was, you know, but he was he wasn't at, he was at the end of his career more so. Um, I don't think anyone was expecting us to be in the playoffs, but that season just took a just took a turn where we got a bit of consistency and that momentum took us into the playoffs. Um, yeah. I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone for one minute thought we would have got to the final, um, especially after that first game against Forest uh, uh, at home. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I, obviously I'm going to ask you quite a lot of questions about that particular match, but I wanted to ask you about um, how important Leon Best coming in, having Leon Best and having uh, Marcus Stewart. Marcus Stewart, of course, is back at Yeovil now and yeah, yeah. Uh, in a in a coaching capacity. Yeah. How how important was he as a whole to bring in that senior attacking figure? Yeah, I think we talked about Jevo maybe being the linchpin for the um, promotion to League One. Um, Marcus Stewart and Leon Best coming in, into that into the League One, they were an, another pedigree up again. Yeah. Um, you could just tell that they had that, um, I would say, probably Premier League experience. Um, Stewie already had, and I know Leon um, went in went on to play. I can't remember who it was he played for now. And went for um, Newcastle, did, I think. Yeah, it was Newcastle, wasn't it? Um, but it, they just had that quality that we hadn't seen before. Um, I remember training against training with Stewie. And I'm there defending against him and just he's he's getting fouls off me that I wouldn't even think him were fouls, but they were, <laughs> you know, just that two steps ahead. Um, but a uh, great character in the change room, um, but a real calm presence as well on the pitch um, that just, you know, um, gave us the belief, actually, to, that we could um, maybe do something special. Right. This is the bit I'm looking forward to. I'm not going to lie, Andy. I'm looking forward to this bit. Um, the playoffs. Firstly, after all said and done, season's done and dusted, it's Nottingham Forest, a team that you've lost to twice, albeit in fairly slim margin gains. Mm. How do you feel coming up against an absolute giant at that level who would have been expected to just waltz through, not just through the semi, but through the final and just go up at a canter? Well, in all honesty, we were of the opinion, what have we got to lose? We've got nothing to lose whatsoever. Um yeah, it was our first experience of the playoffs as a as a football club ever. Um, so it was something new to us. I thought we were but unlucky after that first game um, to be 2-0 yeah. down. We, we, we came off disappointed because we thought we deserved something out of the game. Um, so we're going, I think we were probably the only ones out of anyone following that we had, you know, we felt we could go and do something up at their place. Um, I don't think anyone in their wildest dreams would have thought we'd we're going to do what we did do. Um, but um, 
we came off disappointed after that first game, thinking, "Hang on a sec, we that, that, you know we should have come away with a, at least a couple of goals there." Um, so, yeah, that night at, 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 at Forest was probably the highlight of my career. I think that day, that night. Let's first ask you about the big question of that day. How was your bowling in the morning? Apparently, Russell <laughs> took you all bowling, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. He did, and I still can't believe it why he did it or how he did it, because um, it was just something totally out of the blue, which was genius, really, when you think about it. Because we'd all been thinking about the game, we'd gone up the night before, and the game wasn't until the evening, so we did have all day to be just mulling over, mulling over the game. And when he turned around and said, "Right, we'll go and bowling," you know, you could see some of us looking around at each other, going, "What's he doing here?" Because we all had our routines, we all had our little isms, and we're thinking, "Well." Oh, yeah, what's going? Some of the, some of the lads weren't too pleased about it, but we all cracked on and did it. Um, and it's probably the best thing ever because it just took our minds off things for an hour or so. Um, and <laughs> yeah, whether it um, had any impact on it, um, who knows? We're worried that someone's going to get injured bowling bowl a ball, you know, <laughs> shoulder out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Big Steve Mildenhall pops a shoulder out and you're stuffed. Yeah. yeah. Um, had you heard the stories? Because as as we were getting to the ground, I was one of the lucky one thousand and ninety odd. We'd we'd seen uh, flyers on cars saying "Book your Wembley travel now." We'd heard the rumours that the Forest players had been um, fixed up for their Wembley suits and everything in between first and second legs. Had any of that crept into the changing room, or was it uh, all sort of quite quiet and closed away? Yeah, no, nothing was mentioned in the changing room. We were in our own little bubble, yeah. um, just focusing um, on the game. Um, yeah, that I didn't know anything about it. Whether any other lads did, um, I'd be surprised. Um, but I have heard since of people. In fact, I know someone who I work with now who'd, who'd already booked his ticket for Wembley, and he was a Forest fan. So I rub it into him every day. I, I, I was just <laughs> that was my next question. Please tell me you tell him every single day. Yeah, definitely. Know... And but but the worst thing is he's from he's from Chard. Yeah, he's from Chard. Supports Forest. Outrageous. I know. I remember, I remember getting there, parked up the car, and we were walking down, and a Forest fan said to me, he said, what are you not doing here? And I, I just, I so hope he remembers saying it. He won't, and he's had far better days since, and they are loving life in the Premier League once again. But I hope every now yeah. and again, when it rolls around and when the highlights are on Sky, he remembers asking that question for just a few milliseconds. Um, come on then, how, how, how did you do it? How on earth did you do it? Because you didn't just have to come back once. You had to come back twice because they scored yeah. just pretty much to put it back to square one just after halftime. Um, do you know what? I, I, I don't know. We, it, we, everything gelled that day. Everything just clicked. Yeah. Um, we, we came out of the traps absolutely flying. Yeah. Um, and it was just one of those days where I think whatever um, Aaron Davis touched turned to gold. Um, Lee Morris looked like he'd had a, he got an extra three yards as well, three yards of pace that day. Um, probably because we were playing against Forest, really. Um, but um, it was just that electric evening, I think it was. Um, I mean, I can, it was one game because I, I was quite prone to going down or getting cramp in my calves. And that, that day is the one game in my career I didn't think get it and lasted the whole of extra time as well. Um, but it was just. You know, what? it was a massive. Um, it was a. It was a great crowd. There was a yeah. good atmosphere. Um, I really enjoyed playing at, at Forest. Actually, um, I don't. One of those. It was one ground. I don't think I had a bad game at. Um, it was just consistent. It was nice. It was loud. You couldn't even hear. You, you couldn't. You couldn't hear 
remember playing there with um, Scotty Guyton next to me and I couldn't hear a word he was saying because it was that loud. Um, but um, yeah, it was just momentum. I mean, that once we get one goal, you just got that confidence and we just, all right, we let a couple of goals in, but we were just, well, what have we got to lose? We've got to keep going for it. We've got to keep going for it. Um, and yeah, I'm at, <laughs> the, the, the funniest thing I remember was Jonesy um, after the end of the final, not the final whistle, of full time, 90 yeah. minutes, disappeared. Like we're having a team talk and he disappeared into the change room. Like, where's, where's Jonesy gone? He'd gone into the change rooms just to say a prayer. <laughs> I think wow. he'd gone into pray and see if we make sure we can get through this. And um, all of a sudden he turned up and that was it. Um, yeah, extra time happened and euphoria. It really was. Um, be honest, how many times have you watched that cross back? Well, actually, I've watched it a lot more than I would have ever planned because everyone, every time it's on um, on, the, on Sky Sports Gold or something, people keep sharing it and keep popping it up and showing it. Oh, you're on the telly. Um, yeah, I've seen that cross one or two times, is what I say. But um, yeah, um, just one of just one of those one of those um, moments in your career that you're just happy that you've practiced it and practiced it and practiced it because it just happened. I'm going to say, um, so I bet you've done a few of those in training, hadn't you? Copy and oh, paste yeah. on his head oh, yeah. never fails. Well, I remember Gary Johnson actually giving me a load of sticks because I used to keep crossing it in training. It would go out behind the goal. The amount of crosses you put behind the goal is called doing a Lindy. And so, I, you know, I, I spent hours and hours just practising, whipping it. And not just me, um, uh, all the right-hand sided players. I remember practising with Craig Oldcock. I remember practising with Nick Crittenden over the years, just practising whipping balls in and, you know, who'd... I didn't know it was going to happen at that point. It's just, it just happened. Um, and it was just great that it was Stewie that was in the middle uh, to stick it in. I think it is the most watched assist of any goal in the Oval Town history, that's for sure. Um, yeah. We shouldn't forget, actually, that in the winning goal, the Aaron Davis second goal, it's you yeah. that's breaking away and bombing away. And you talk about you usually have cramp. You've, yeah. covered, you've covered 50, 60 yards in no time at all there. How, yeah. how was that feeling when that final goal goes in? And that is pretty much it. Yeah, it's just one of those, you, you hear people talking about um, being in the zone in sport. Um, it was just one of those nights where I think five or six of us were just in that zone. Um, and it's hard to remember sometimes because you just put, you know, it's, it's all a bit of a blur. Um, but um, yeah, that day was, yeah, it was special, um, really special um, and great. Um, really great memories, actually. Yeah, probably the best, best, the best night of my career that was without a shadow. It's it's one of the best nights of my life. So you, absolutely, just take us into the into the changing room afterwards because it's not your ground. You've still got to travel back. What was the changing room like? What was the bus journey home like? How was that? <laughs> how was that feeling? Um, yeah, we probably. I think, and I'll put this on record. I think we overdid it on the on the journey back in terms of our celebrations because <laughs> we probably didn't realise we had a playoff final um, not too far, not too distant in the future. But um, no, it's good. Um, I remember us pulling up at an Asda on the, just outside of Nottingham, trying to get some get some beers beers on the on the bus on the way home. Um, yeah, everyone was a little bit of a little bit shell shocked, yep. but we did we did celebrate it. We definitely did celebrate. It. Russell Slade would would not let us celebrate it. Um, so um, yeah, it was good. It was good fun. I I remember driving back. So obviously I was I was stone sober and hadn't touched up because I was driving. I was driving back and I, I the lads were like, we've, we're going to have to pull over into a services here. I can't concentrate. It's ridiculous. Pulled over into a services and there's probably 200 Yeovil fans in this services. And they're all crowded around this tiny little telly 
because Sky Sports News are showing the goals again and it's just reliving everything. <laughs> and as 200 year old fans cheering as if it's just happened live, we've just been there, we've just seen it. And that for me is it was absolutely magic. Um, you've mentioned the final. Um, let's let's do the positive first before we get into yeah. anything. You're a Yeovil lad, you've grown up, you've been a part of this club and the success that it's had for so long. And now you're walking out at Wembley, the first year of the new Wembley, of course, 2007. Um, how do you how do you put that into words? How do you how do you sum up what that experience was like? Um, well, do you want me to give you my first my first initial yeah, response? Absolutely, was, yeah. Pitching investor Nick, it didn't look very good. <laughs> <laughs> it was brand new, wasn't it? They hadn't, yeah. they, they, they'd had trouble with the grass, but anyway, um, no. That aside, yeah, it was that that was the proudest moment. You know, every any any young kid my age. Um, would have only ever when we were kids. The only telly that was on, the only football that was on the telly was the FA Cup final yeah. every year. Um, and you sit all day on that on Saturday to watch the teams turn up at Wembley, um, and it was all about Wembley. Um, to so, you know, my one of my main my goal was I wanted to play at Wembley. I wanted to be a professional footballer and I wanted to play at Wembley. So to walk out at the new Wembley, representing my hometown club. Um, was you know, you know, I wouldn't change that for the world. That was that was a that was stuff of dreams. Um, so yeah, the fact that all the Oval fans were pretty much on the top row because that was where, where all the all their seats were because yeah. on the top tier um, was a bit surreal because Blackpool had the whole end filled up and we had the top tier, so that was a little bit strange. But um, yeah, proud as punch um, was probably the term to use. Um, I wasn't in awe. I was excited, looking forward to it. Um, and um, yeah, the thought was, right, let's get this game going. Let's get this game going. The game did get going and there's no easy way of putting it. It didn't go our way. A couple of pretty decent goals from Blackpool's point of view. We missed a couple of chances. Was it just one step too far or was it Blackpool just being a bit too good on the day? Um, I think they'd had a good run. They'd had yep. a good run of form, Blackpool. Yep. Um, and we were coming off the back of a good performance um, against Forest. I, yeah, and all, I personally think we probably, um, and this is subconsciously, this isn't like going silly. I think we probably celebrated a bit too much the Forest game um, and didn't realise, hang on, there's another game to play here. Not that we, not that anyone trained any differently or you know, cut any corners. It was just the emotional um, toll it would have taken that win. Um, and the euphoria of coming back against Forest, um, I think we just struggled to turn that round when we got to Wembley. Um, I've never watched that game back again. Never watched it since. Um, just something I didn't want to do. Do you think you ever will? <laughs> I don't think I will, you know. I don't think so. Um, I've I just um, taken the memories for walking out, singing the national anthem, um, looking, you know, with, I've got we got the pictures. I've got a picture at home. It's one the only photo I've got on the wall of, of uh, my my football days is me at Wembley. Um, so and that was enough for me. Um, that season brought about more change. Um, obviously Cohen and Davis left, and the and the club was sort of changing in front of us. But you departed as well, of course. Um, how did the move to Cheltenham? come about why did it come about and is it something you felt like you just had to do at the time um well in all fairness i knew the writing was on the wall um because i was out of contract 
Um, I only ever signed one-year contracts at that year. I was only ever, ever offered one-year contracts. I had eight, really? Yeah, eight one-year contracts, which, you know, put that into perspective, wow. every year was a little bit like touch and go. Um, but no one had spoken to me. Um, I'd, had no, I'd had no contact from the club. I didn't have an agent. I, I represented myself. Um, so the fact that nothing had been mentioned and nothing had been said, um, I knew the writing was on the wall. Um, I only found out, by the way, the day after the playoff final, um, Russell Slade had all those who were out of contract into the, in, in, uh, into the club. He'd um, asked us into the club. Had us all sat in there. I remember sitting in the away team changing room and it was literally one after the other going into the office and I was the last one to be left. Um, and... Yeah, it was a little bit. It was a little bit of a could see it coming, but um, obviously disappointing. Having had that high of representing your hometown club at Wembley on the on the Saturday, and then I think it was the Sunday or the Monday, being told that you know we're releasing you. Um, yeah, but you know that was that was that's professional football. That's professional sport. Um, so yeah, I was um, that that summer was a little bit of a topsy turvy one because. Um, I did get an agent, but not a lot was happening. And the Cheltenham thing came a little bit out of the blue, to be honest. Um, I was, um, I'd been, I'd spoken to Exeter, um, Paul Tisdale had, had rang me at Exeter, but they were in the conference at the time. Um, but I think he was interested to sign me, um, and I had good, good discussions with him. Um, but then John Ward, who was the manager at Cheltenham at the time, they were in league one. Yeah. Um, I had, I had Exeter and Cheltenham, so I had the conference or league one. Um, and I just felt I had to, had to play at the highest level I could play at um, from a career perspective. Um, and yeah, moved on up to Cheltenham, signed a two-year contract, which um, it was all a little bit late in the day for my liking. But um, yeah, two years and we still, I still live in uh, still live in Gloucester. So settled down. How, how was it coming up against Yeovil for the first time? I've got it here as a Tuesday night in November, a one-all yeah, draw. Yeah, it was. How did you feel about that? That must have been a very strange feeling. Yeah, it was surreal, um, especially with a lot of my mates <laughs> playing on the on the opposition. Um, in fact, I was playing right wing that day, and Jonesy was playing left back. And um, <laughs> I, you know, I got quite friendly with Jonesy. Um, so to come up against him, in fact, I, was, I nearly scored as well. I nearly scored a goal, but he just gave me a nudge just before it got to me, and he gave me a little wink to say, <laughs> "Unlucky, mate." Um, I remember it. Um, it was weird. It was surreal. Um, but, um, yeah, that's professional football. That is professional football. Um, <laughs> you also had Alan Wright in the team. Did you thank him for the own goal a couple of months <laughs> yeah. prior at any point? <laughs> I, only re- I only remembered that he scored an own goal when the two of us were doing a Q&A. Because um, we I think he was suspended and I was injured. Or the other way around, I was suspended, he was injured. And we're doing Q&A um, before the game for some of their sponsors and yeah. that that question came up how many you know ever scored known goal and he said yeah once against Yeovil and I'm like ah oh, I was playing in that game <laughs> against <laughs> and then after that I reminded him every time I remember rooming him with him and talking to him about that it was his only only own goal he ever scored yeah bear in mind he had a hell of a career he did yeah um, filler and all sorts yeah yeah I did feel no I didn't feel sorry for him no no, no you can't it's fine. <laughs> I, I I remember reading that he had one of the unluckiest days ever. So that morning, his parent club had released him 
had confirmed that he was going to be released. Then he scores the own goal and he ends the game with a torn calf muscle because then they had to kind of hobble him up front and try and do something from it. So he had a bit of a stinker that day. So yeah, he had a hell of a left foot, by the way. I didn't realise, but he's he's smaller than me. Um, But an absolute, well, he played in the Premier League, didn't he, for Aston Villa? So yeah, great lad, great lad. Let's let's move on then. Summer 2009, Skivo picks up the phone and tries to get the band back together. It was just a, an initial one-month deal. How did that little cameo come about? Was it just you helping your mate out who was in need of an extra body or two? Well, I think it was a bit Skivo helping me out, to be honest, because I'd been released from Cheltenham. Um, I wasn't uh, not very happy with the way I'd been treated by Cheltenham at the end, actually, because I'd agreed a contract um, and negotiated it with the PFA. The PFA negotiated the contract with me, went in to sign it only for them to pull it away last minute. So I was, I was out on a limb again, um, didn't have a club. Um, so I was um, looking, I can't remember how, how it happened. I remember just Skibbo give me a ring or Jonesy give me a ring actually, just saying, why don't you come down and do a bit of training? Actually, I remember going down doing um, uh, a, tra- a couple of training sessions pre-season. Um, I remember Paul Terry was there as well. He'd come along for a training session. I think Gawley had come in as well to do some training. Um, and I'm not sure Skiver was particularly happy with the condition of them, <laughs> but I think I'd done all right. Um, so I was, all right, you know, I'd kept myself in pretty good shape. Um, and it was literally the week before the season started. Um, I think someone had I think they'd got a couple of injuries um, and they just wanted someone to come in for a month um, just to give them a little bit of cover. Um, so yeah, I was without a club. So um, probably jumped in a little bit too quickly for my liking. I probably should have waited a little bit and been a little bit more patient. But, you know, when, you, when your mate's giving you a ring, asking to come on down for Yeovil, um, yeah, signed for a month, which turned into three months, I think it was, three or four months. I've, I've got here, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, your final games were a two-all draw against Brighton and away at Leeds United might have been your final game for us in that season. Did that just go to show... Considering how far the club had come and how far yeah. you had come from that early stage in in 1999, being thrown in with a bunch of reserves to be playing against Brighton and Leeds and, and clubs like that at that yeah. point, a decade later, that was that was some journey that the entire club, you alongside it, went on. Yeah, definitely. I remember that Leeds game because I remember Skibbo sending me on to go on left back. We already had Jonesy at left back and I've come on. Jonesy's gone, where are you coming on? I've gone coming on left back mate he went well I'm already here I went I know you're getting absolutely rinsed I'm coming on to help you out (laughs) it set me on to be a second left back I'm just Um, looking at that team yeah oh yeah it was Snodgrass Beckford oh yeah yeah Yeah. I know it was the right wing I can't remember his name he went Max Gradle yeah Max Gradle was was just running ring he was just rinsing Jonesy so I had to go on and help him out for the last 10 minutes um yeah it just goes to show doesn't it Leeds United Brighton um where they are now so um that was the world we were well. Yeovil was fighting in, and they give it another push two years later, didn't they? Oh no, no, that was that was after that. Sorry, um, but yeah, it was after that they gave it another push. But yeah, where we'd come from to where we were then was just um, frightening, really, when you think about it. Yeah, frightening. yeah, absolutely. And and it would only go on further beyond that, as you've alluded to, twenty thirteen and all that. You you were part of so many successful Yeovil Town teams in one way or another. When you look back on your playing career, when you talk to somebody in a pub, in a bar who goes, you're Andy Lindegaard, you played for Yeovil. What, what, do you, what do you first go back to? What's the first memory that you think of? 
That's a good question. That's a difficult question, that one. I, I, it, there's so many. Do you go back to 02 and the trophy, the first thing, the thing that started it all off? 03 and blitzing the league, 05 and winning a proper title race, 07 and that cross. Where, that, do you know where, what I go back to? Where do you go? I go back to Dave Webb giving me that opportunity wow. and coming in and being the catalyst for that whole generation. Um, he came in, he was, the, he was the manager that we went full-time and we were part-time non-league team. Um, Dave Webb came in, um, I still remember him, seeing him there. He used to train with a pair of Copa Mundials, no socks, a proper tan, massive great big gold chain. And um, he was brilliant at five-a-side as well. Um, he was always, he'd always play up front and um, just banging goals every Friday. Um, but yeah, Dave Webb always comes to mind, first of all. Um, Gary Johnson has a massive, um, has had a massive impact on my life is what I, is how I put it because the the beliefs and the attitudes that he instilled in us I still take with me today um and um Wembley I suppose Nottingham Forest and Wembley are the other are the memories um obviously there were so many now just talking about it today I've you know, forgotten about half of all half of these things that you're talking about like the Reebok Stadium yeah. um against against Bolton um it was a really, it was a re- really successful period for the club. It was the start of the journey, um, and um, it was a pleasure, a pleasure to be involved in. But even more so with it being, you know, I had that affinity because I'm a homegrown player playing for my homegrown team. Um, what well, made it just extra special, I suppose. Um, you and I spoke very briefly prior to the Legends game last summer and then everything that happened that day was truly truly a magical magical event for so many people such a nice crowd such a wonderful um foundation to 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 be there for how did that game feel how was it nice to get back together with everyone good to catch up and exchange a few stories yeah it was it was it was fantastic and it was a great day and obviously for a fantastic cause um it was weird seeing all the lads because we'd never done it. You know, I'd, we'd never got back together um, ever. Um, so to do it was was great. Um, I need to. I think I need to explain my dodgy haircut actually, or my well, dodgy hairdo for that. Let's day. do the haircut because I've seen the pictures. I was there in person. You've <laughs> you, you brought back the blonde locks. Talk to us, Andy. Well, I knew I was. I didn't do it out of choice. I did it <laughs> because I raised money for the Adam Stansfield foundation um i knew i was playing we'd been looking back over a few um old programs or old pictures and i'll show my boys oh that, that there's me and there's stano and i had i had a dodgy blonde blonde highlights back in the day um and everyone was taking the mickey out of me saying oh look at those you should get your you know get your hair dyed again and i was like all right i'll do it if we raise 500 quid i'll do it um and i was like no you won't do it. all right nope we'll raise a, if we raise a grand i'll do it thinking there's no way we're going to do it. There's no way we're going to raise a grand. Only we went and did it, didn't we? So yeah. I, I, had to, I had to do it. That was what it was there. Um, blonde air, raised some money for the um, Anastasia Foundation. So made, you know, people, the looks people were giving me when I walked into the change room, was like, bloody hell, Lindy, what have you done to your hair? <laughs> but it was all for a good cause. Um, and yeah, that, the day, the day was, was special. Um, yeah, I think we, we spoke, didn't we? before yeah. that um i was i played in the game um the reserve team game where 
Gary Johnson um, discovered Stano, um, so to speak. Um, was it Elm? I can't remember who it was. Yeah. He was Elmore, someone yeah. like that. Um, and yeah, he ran rings around us that day. Um, and I'm, but we were play, this was in a reserve game um, yeah. in the Screwfix, I think, Screwfix directly. And um, to see him the next day at training or two days later, um, uh, yeah, I was think just thinking back on it when we were there for, for the game was I was there when he first started. Um, and yeah, to see everyone together for him was, yeah, it was a special moment. I'm glad we raised lots of money for it. Um, and um, it was great to see lots of familiar faces um, that I hadn't seen for a long time as well. Um, and it was extra, you know, extra special. His, his boys were there as well, yeah. um, which um, was great. So, yeah, I'm glad we could do it. Yeah, here, here. Um, let's 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 wrap this up then. A couple of uh, final questions to, before before I let you go. I'm very aware it's late on a Sunday on a Thursday evening. Um, these days you're in you're in fitness. You have a fitness company of your own, and you work um, uh, sort of on, on that side of things. Still still keeping yourself still legs are moving. You fancy fancy a game at the weekend or? No, I've given up. I've definitely retired from football now. I'm okay, fully fine. engrossed in coaching my kids' uh, grassroots teams. Um, I also I actually have recently qualified as a cricket coach as well. Would you believe it? Um, okay. Just finished finished a cricket coaching course, so um, just engrossed with the kids. Um, yeah, I've got my own fitness company, um, healthyactive.co.uk. If anyone wants to check it out, good plug, good um, plug. Yeah, I'm doing some workshops for grassroots coaches. Um, I graduated actually from uh, University of Gloucestershire three or four years ago with a master's in sports strength and conditioning. So. Um, I thought I might as well use that little bit of knowledge that I've got now um, to, uh, you know, um, pass on um, to coaches, parents, kids um, and help them, um, particularly in the football world. Um, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, there, who knows what will, what this will bring? So, yeah, thanks for thanks for the time this evening. I really enjoyed just remembering and reflecting back on yeah, a bygone era, I suppose. This is this is it's been a brilliant chat. I've absolutely loved this conversation, Andy. We always end by simply giving our guest the floor. If there's anything you'd like to say to Yeovil fans who are listening to this, the floor is yours, Andy. Thank you so much for all of your company this evening. I hope everyone's enjoyed it. Um, it's been a pleasure um just remembering um some of the great memories that we had. Um obviously the football club's in a little bit of a different predicament at the moment, but no different to where we started um right back in the day when Dave Webb took over. Um so um, you know, think strong, um, stick with it, um, and up the glovers. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, expanding by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trotka.